Joy to the world. How many of you, by a round of applause, you like that song, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a paraphrase in the book of Psalm, chapter 98, verses 4 through 7. Isaac Watts knew these eight or nine verses, and these are just a few of the verses that he drew this great song from. Beginning in verse 4, it says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for, for joy. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. From Sunday school plays to, to caroling concerts, joy to the world is it's a Christmas staple, isn't it? <laughs> and, and true to its name, is it not hard for you to sing that song without just smiling? Some of you, I even saw some of you, you're like, oh, I want to get my hands up. It's okay. You can lift your hands up even with the songs of Christmas. Amen? This is one of the most joyful, happiest songs that we, 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 we sing. And, and, and young and old alike, those who, who know the true joy or those that just know the song because you sing it, they all just seem to smile when you sing this song. You might have been surprised just a few moments ago when, when, when I shared with you, though, that this song, Joy to the World, was, was not meant to be a Christmas song. It wasn't. As I mentioned earlier, and, and maybe as you looked at that, that song and the words on the screen as we were, were singing it, you, you, you didn't see any mention of those shepherds. You saw no mention of wise men or Bethlehem. There were no, no words that said there were angels singing nothing in this song. You see, it's a paraphrase. The lyrics are a paraphrase of a jubilant Psalm chapter 98, a psalm of David that speaks of salvation, a song of David that speaks of praise. You see, this song, Joy to the World, is not about Christ's birth, but rather it's about his return. And you know that he's going to come back someday, right? You, and you know that when he comes back, his coming back will not be like his first appearance, where, where the world wasn't ready for him, where, where there was no room for him to be found. You, 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 you know that, that, that when he makes his second return, you know that when he comes back, oh, listen, there will be a recognition of it. You know that, right? It will. His second coming will be so different than his first. But I thought today we would start with this great song that we sing at Christmas. Now, we would begin to unpack it and just kind of see... Why is this a song, not about his birth, but rather his return? And there are at least three reasons I want to share with you today. And I'm just going to unpack the song itself. The, 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 the first we know uh, about this is, is that this song speaks of the whole earth receiving her king, doesn't it? You remember that? It starts out that way. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And then that next line says, let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing but let me ask you a question is that what happened when jesus was born was there great joy to the world what, what, what had everyone made room in their heart did everyone receive the king were, were heaven and and nature singing you 
For those of you that know the Christmas story, you know it was quite different, right? Scripture tells us that he was not readily received by everyone. That Mary and Joseph, his, his, his parents, even had a hard time finding a place for his birth to, to, to occur, right? You know the story? They, 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 they struggled finding room. There was no room for them in the inn even, is what we say this time of the year. And, 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 and they were, were, were forced to find covering in, 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 in some sort of a cave-like structure that animals were housed in. They're, they're, although the people had waited for, you know, 400 plus years for, for the coming Messiah, there was no one there with the red carpet rolled out as Mary and Joseph made their way into Bethlehem. There, there was no fanfare, no trumpeteers. The, their family wasn't even with them. The earth was not ready to receive her king. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, the prophet Isaiah forecast and he foretold of, of, of this. He says, he was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. And we turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Sounds pretty similar to some of the same things that are still happening in our land today and around the world. You see, there are still so many that have not prepared room. There are still so many that, that are not rejoicing and ready to receive her king. You see, the earth this day when Jesus was born did not receive her king. But scripture says in Isaiah, like, like sheep, they, they went astray. Some things haven't changed, have they? There are still so many that know the Christmas story. There are still so many that, 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 that may know some things about Jesus, but yet they're still not ready to receive him and allow him to be king of their lives. But you know, it's not going to stay this way forever. Listen, there will be one day, say there will be. There will be a day when all of this will not be so. In fact, if you look in Philippians chapter 2, beginning of verse 9, Scripture says, Therefore God has elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should what? should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. You see, there may be so many here in our culture today, and you might even be here this morning, that refuse to bow your knee before the King of Kings, but make no mistake about it, I believe the Bible is true, and one day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you can put him off. You can put him off all you want to for your 74.6 years here on earth, but I'm just telling you, at some point, every knee will bow and will declare that this baby born in a manger whose ultimate destiny was to go to a cross and give up his life so that you can have life, everyone at some point will say he surely was the son of God. It will change. And on this day, heaven and nature will sing as Isaac Watts proclaimed, and they will repeat the sounding joy for all eternity. Am I talking to anybody in this house today? The second thing that we find in this great hymn of Isaac Watts that, that I believe speaks of his return is, is, is actually something that, that is in 
verse 3, and we didn't sing that. We need to get verse 3 up for the next two services because it just supports my next point. And when you don't sing it, it's really hard for a pastor to paint a picture. Isn't that like so many of the hymns? How many of you grew up in a church where you sang hymns? And it was always the first, second, and the fourth, right? Those hymns that have five or six verses really screwed us up, didn't they? We're like, what do we do? Information overload. I need verse three for the next two services, guys. But in verse three, we didn't sing, but just trust the preacher. I'm not lying. Verse three talks about sins and sorrows being no more. The words to verse three say this, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Now listen, if you've lived on this earth for more than two minutes, you know that that is not our current experience. You, you, you know that, that we're not living on an earth in which the blessings of God are just flowing uninhibited. You know that just as Isaac Watts wrote in verse three of Joy to the World, you know that we're still living in a land that looks cursed, correct? That it is infested with thorns. But Isaac Watts, as he was reading in Psalm 98, and as he knew and believed that Jesus would return one day, he said, this will not always be. Although this may be our current experience, things will change. But you know what? We must experience some of these things right now. Don't you just wish we lived in a day and age in which there wasn't struggle or turmoil? Don't, don't you wish that there were no illness or setbacks or calamity? Don't you wish that there was peace on earth and goodwill to men would rain down all across our globe? But that is not <coughs> our current experience. In fact, in Mark chapter 13, Jesus foretold what was yet to come to his disciples after his death. Listen to what he says in verse 8 of Mark 13. Jesus says, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. I know none of that stuff's happening. But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Hey, can I shake you and wake you to a reality today? This world is not sin free. It's not. This world in which we live in is, is not void of sorrow. This world we live in, in fact, maybe even your world, maybe you could stand this morning and give 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 proof to you know what right now life stinks it's difficult i'm hurting i'm disillusioned i i I feel hopeless right are we not seeing that Uh, jesus knew some stuff when he was speaking to his followers here in mark 13 correct wars nation against nation there will be earthquakes there will be famines right we live 
in a sinful, broken world. In fact, Jesus wanted his disciples to, to know. He, he, he told them, listen, you shouldn't be alarmed when you hear of the world's brokenness. Why? Well, if you were to read verse 7, in fact, I think we have that, the verse right before verse 8, 7 comes before 8, and in Mark 13, 7, he says, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. In fact, if you fast forward to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, it says, our high priest, listen to this, this is the hope. He offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he, what church? He, he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Listen, although the fulfillment of all of Christ's work is not fully expressed on this side of eternity, listen, we know that there will be a day when it is fulfilled. We know that Jesus Christ today sits at the right hand of his father and he's waiting, say waiting. He's waiting until that perfect moment, a time when all when, when, when all good things will come to fruition. And so we have hope. We have hope. We have hope. We need to learn to set our mind on that hope. We need to learn to, to set our mind on things above, not of this world. If you just keep looking around the world today, listen, even during Christmas, the most joyful, hopeful time of the year, listen, if you just survey and keep looking around at your circumstances, if you keep listening to the evening news, I'm telling you, you're going to be dejected. And you will have the life sucked out of you. There will be no hope. <laughs> Listen, that's why we have to set our mind on things above. That's why Jesus wanted his disciples to know, hey, guys, listen, things are going to get difficult, but you hang on. You hang on to this great hope. I will return. And at just the perfect moment, that's why I get so torqued off. You know preachers get torqued off, right? Some of them even cuss. I get so torqued off when people start forecasting the return of Jesus. It's going to happen here. They take out billboards on I-35 and thousands flock to hear them and just want to, you know, listen. Listen, Jesus doesn't even know when his father's going to look at him and say, son, it's time. He doesn't. But I want you to know that it will happen. Do you believe me? It will happen. And so let's not lose hope. Let's not give up hope and, and, and get sucked into what the enemy wants to bring us down. I call it, when we look down here, just at things of the earth, I call that cellar dwellers. We don't need to be cellar dwellers. You know this is not our home, right? You know that, right? Let's don't be cellar, dweller, cellar dwellers. Let's set our mind on things above. That is where our hope lies. And then this final verse that we sang reveals in this hymn, it talks about his second coming. You remember what verse four says? He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. They prove what? The glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. I love that fourth verse. In fact, most of you like the fourth verse of the hymns, don't you? Because that's the one that's like, oh, that's when you do raise your hands and shout glory. 
I love that fourth verse because these final lines of this song, Joy to the World, that a, a young Isaac Watts wrote, they speak of how the nations will take an active role in revealing the glory of God. Listen, we know that all the nations of the earth are ultimately subject to God's sovereign hand. You know that, right? It may not look like it right now. Things may look like, listen, God is still in control. He's still sovereign. You see, he is the one who gives authority, he, and he's the one who takes it away. He, 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 he uses every mistake God uses every poor decision. God uses every war, every calamity, and he uses every season of prosperity. Listen, all for his glory. All for his glory. The glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. But we've not seen the nations of this world intentionally seeking to prove the wonders and the glory of our ultimate king. In fact, when you look around, they oftentimes seek to defame the name of God. And I'm not pointing my finger across the ocean. We need to look inward in our nation. Happy holidays. Because Merry Christmas is just so offensive. Christian, listen, right is always right. It's always right. And woe to us for trying to coddle others and tickle their ears just to pacify them. Listen, that's why we're struggling and suffering because we've been more afraid of what people on earth say about us than what our Father in heaven thinks about us. I'm going to let you know that he's not going to share his glory with another. The I am is jealous for his name. And surely there will be a day. There will be a day when we can say that he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove his glory. And I'm telling you, that's going to be a wonderful day, isn't it? It's going to be a wonderful day. So why do we sing this song? If it's not about the birth of Jesus, if it's, if it's not a Christmas song, why in the world would you spend time on it during the Christmas season? It's clearly a song about the second coming of Christ when the full expression of his glory will be revealed. It, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the Christmas story. Or does it? After all, there is no second coming without a first coming. Rewind the tape. That's good, Matt. There is no second coming without a first coming. You see, this song, Joy to the World, is about the fulfillment of what Christ came to do in the first place. Hey, check out this next screen that I have for you. Christmas is not only a time to look back at the grace accomplished in the past, Christmas is also a time to look forward to the grace that was accomplished for our future. 
You see, when we sing these words, we are proclaiming the ultimate joy that will be revealed. That's why we sing this great song at Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Yes. Christmas is a time for us to rejoice. Christmas is a time for us to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, the greatest gift that God offered through his son was not only his life, his birth at Christmas. You see, it was also his death. It was his resurrection, and it was the salvation that is offered to every one of us as a result of his first coming. That's what joy to the world is meant to remind us of. You see, Jesus' birth was the start of his mission to save the world. That's why he came. He didn't come because you needed another holiday. You needed another reason to go buy more crap. That's not why he came. He came because it started his mission to save those who were lost. The people who had been wandering in darkness now had the opportunity all to see a great light. That light was Jesus. It was this infant. It was this baby But his ultimate purpose was not just to come to give us time off or another reason to gather with family and friends. You see, that baby came to save the world. And I'm telling you, he will return again someday to claim complete victory over evil. That's an assurance I want you to know of today. And this assurance can elevate our fickle happiness that so many of us have. Oh, I'm telling you, it will elevate it to everlasting joy. Happy holidays. Some aren't happy during the holidays. You know why? Because their happiness is based on their happenings. And their life gives them no reason to be happy right now. Happiness is based on happenings. I'm happy as long as things around me are going well. But if I lose my job, can I still be happy? No one says yes during that situation. When my marriage is falling apart or when I have a kid that's gone AWOL, should that bring me happiness? Most people would say no. When, 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 when I don't have any money in the account and when, 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 when everything is, is being blasted, save money here, Black Friday this and save this, this is a season to, to save and all this and I, I'm looking, how can I just put some beanie weenies on the table? Is that really going to bring me happiness? No, you see, and that's what's so wrong with it. So many people look at their situations and the things going on around them and they're expecting their happenings to bring them happiness. Well, I have a better solution for you today. It's called joy. And you see the joy that we sing of, the joy that Isaac Watts penned and wrote about, the joy that, 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 that so many of us in this room could stand and, and testify to, our joy is not based on what's happening around us. Our joy is based on Jesus, this baby born in a manger. 
who came to set us free. That's where my joy comes from. And although I might find myself unhappy sometimes, I'm telling you, there is a joy that is still within me that cannot be sucked out of me because it's based on Jesus and what he's done for me. Am I talking to anybody today? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world. Not because I saved 50%. I don't sing joy to the world because everybody likes me. I don't sing joy to the world because, man, my happenings are just all in life. No, I sing joy to the world because the Lord has come. Am I talking to anybody today? Oh, let every heart, every heart prepare him room. Let every heart Prepare him. Who? Jesus. Room. Listen, maybe this morning you're here and you have some concerns about what's happening in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you have some concerns about what's happening in our world. Or, or, or maybe you're here this morning and you, 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 you've gotten so stressed out with life. That, that, that all the days just kind of seem to blend together. Even this thing called Christmas, it's just another day. You're just so stressed. You're just so wigged out. You just, life is just falling apart and everything just tends to blend in. Here, here's my question for you today. Do, do you know this one that has come? Do, do you know the Lord? Ha, have you, as Isaac Watts said, have you prepared him room have you prepared room in your heart for this one who has come to bring joy to the world you see joy's not based on your stuff or or who sits in 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 an office or 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 what your status in life is joy is based on the lord and he's come do you know him do you know him have you prepared room in your heart for him. Listen, Christmas may just be a great little story to you right now about the birth of a baby that was pretty miraculous. Would you agree with me? Pretty incredible. Do you really understand the reason he came? If we were to set our problems and responsibilities next to the power and promise of Christ's return, I'm, I'm telling you, I just think they would pale in comparison. There's joy despite our circumstances. It's joy because I've made room in my heart for Jesus. And although things may not happen the way that I want them to happen around me, I'm telling you, there is something that cannot be sucked out of me. And that's the joy that I have. It's worthy of a song, isn't it? (laughs) Isaac Watts knew something, didn't he? It's worthy of a song. Even if you can't sing, it's worthy of you giving it your best effort. I love this passage in 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9. says, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. 
The reward for trusting him, you see, will be salvation of your soul. So I'm just wondering if this Christmas, could you transform your thoughts from from mundane to happy and and maybe even from, from happy to joyous? How do you do that? By resting in the fact that you are loved and you're forgiven by God. You see, you can have great joy. You can sing with exuberance this great song because you know that you're loved and you're forgiven by a great God in heaven. Will you make room in your heart for Christ today? Will will, will you make room and and welcome him in as the band comes back and gets ready to lead us in our closing prayer today? Would you make room in your heart for Christ? Would you allow him to to come in and, 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 and would you understand and realize that his mission, you were his mission, he came for you? He he came to deliver you, the people that have wandered in darkness. Listen, that's not just written about an Old Testament group, a group of people that were longing and waiting for the Messiah. Listen, that's written about you as well because some of you this morning are still walking around and you're still trying to control and manipulate and take charge of your own life. You've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps for the last time. I'm telling you, today, would you just surrender and say yes to Jesus? Would you make room in your heart for him? Would you let your life overflow with praise? How can I do that? Again, if you're doing it based on your happenings, it ain't going to happen. But I'm telling you, if you will let Jesus come in, there is joy that is unspeakable that won't go away. There's strength for you to make it through today. You won't ever worry about what other people say. See, you've placed your faith in your life and you've found your joy. And it's in Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning as we get ready to head out. I want to invite our prayer ministry team to come down to the front this morning and just join us. And, and maybe you're here today, and if you'd just like to come and kneel at the altar and pray, you're, you're more than welcome to do that. But, but listen, we want to just give you an opportunity today to experience joy that comes from Jesus. It is a joy that is based on a relationship. Listen, it's not joy based on what you're going to unwrap under a tree because you know that that only brings joy for about 17 minutes and then you're looking for the next or 17 seconds. Joy that we're talking about. The joy that a young Isaac Watts wrote of was a joy that is based on Jesus. Today is a day of salvation for someone in this house. Today is the day in which you need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. I'm telling you, your Christmas this year can be different than it's ever been before if you will just make room, prepare room for Jesus. Let every heart prepare him room. I can't do it for you. Your your parents can't do it for you. The, the, the church that you've been raised in or the faith that you've been brought up in can't do it for you. Listen, this joy in making room in your heart is not based on a series of confirmation classes that you go to. No, no. This joy that you have in your heart is based on what you will do with this baby born in a manger who went to a cross and he died for you. 
You can't be educated. It's just simply about you surrendering and saying yes to him. Will you prepare room in your heart for Jesus? With every head bowed and every eye closed as Dave continues to play, I just want to invite you right now. If you're here today and you say, Jason, I need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. I want you to come right now. Our, our ministry team is down here today. And they love to pray with you and encourage you and help you, help you understand what it means to say yes to Jesus. Is there anyone here today? Anyone here today that needs Jesus in your heart? Have you prepared room for him? No one's looking. Everybody's praying, especially every Christian in this house right now. You ought to be praying because you once were lost too, but now you're found. You had the, 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 the scales torn off of your eyes as well. Today's the day for you to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you just want to come and kneel at this altar and pray. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I want to make this Christmas season different. I've, I've, I've bought into the lie. I've been sucked into to, to the marketing of it all. And Lord, I, 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 I just want to make, make you the reason that I celebrate this Christmas. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what? My, I, I'm just a happy person, but I'm not a joyful person. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what? I need Jesus. I'm tired of looking to the next big and greatest thing. And today, I just want to say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to dismiss us. And if you want to come today and receive a word of encouragement, maybe you want to say yes to Jesus, or maybe we could just pray with you and encourage you in any form or fashion. That's why we stand here today. Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this world that was broken and tattered and bruised and it was not what you intended but yet you came anyway Jesus you came to set things right you came to make things right Jesus you came to save that which was lost and that was us that was us you came to save a broken people Jesus, thank you for coming. A baby born in a manger whose ultimate purpose and destiny was to go to the cross for our salvation. Lord, you came. You left the glory of heaven. You left it all. You came and became one of us. Your life constantly directing people and showing people who the Father in heaven who he is, how he loves, how he serves. And Jesus, I'm praying for the person in this room today that's never said yes to you. I'm praying that today they would find joy in you. The joy that we're supposed to have across the world, it's based on you, Jesus. It's not based on how much more I have or how many people like me it's not based on, on where I live or anything. It is based on you, Jesus. That's joy. And Father, I'm praying for that person today to say yes to you. Lord, thank you for this great song and the reminder that all the nations will rejoice, that you will make the nations prove the glories of your righteousness that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord it's in his great name we pray amen thank you you're dismissed